0: Throughout our life, we make all kinds of connections, from our neighbors to our co-workers, from family members to people we interact with in business every day. What about the connections we make to ourselves? Today, we'll explore the connections that we make and how they define our lives. This is Things Worth Considering with hosts Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill. It's time to listen and learn.
1: Hi, and welcome to Things Worth Considering. I'm Gordon Dale, your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Jan Hill. Hey, Jan. Howdy. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How you doing? Do you How love you this doing? heat? Huh? Do you love this heat?
2: Oh, I love it. Do you? Yeah, I do okay. love it. I could live in really hot weather, and I'd be great.
1: I think that people just don't like weather, period, because when it's cold, they're complaining, and now when it's hot, they're complaining. I never complain.
2: <laughs> I don't even have air conditioning.
1: Okay. All right, that's I love cool. It. So you know what we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about again. We're going to talk more about mediumship. We've had a couple of shows in between, um, but we were uh, we were on a good roll there. Uh, from intuition to mediumship to mediumship two. So we're calling our last one. If you want to uh, uh, look it up on the site, is uh, at uh, Voice America is uh, medium medium well. This one is called medium rare. Yes. No, I don't maybe think it's, it's not rare. so rare, right? Well, well, I don't think it is rare. You know, well, I try to, as I, as I pointed out before, I try to stay away from calling them gifts because I think we all have that ability, but it's just that we have to understand there really is an ability that people aren't, certain people aren't bequeathed with something because then it becomes, well, who's, who is that that's doing it and how come they get it and not me? Right. So we want to stay away from that. Um, Now, we ended the last show on mediumship with three questions. And that was in terms of just whether you believe in this stuff or not, because historically it's all through our history, uh, is one, do you believe that the human spirit leaves the body at the point we call death? Do you believe that the human spirit, now free from the encumbrance of the body, can and does seek to communicate with those of us who are still here in the physical? And do you believe that there are people among us who can receive those messages and pass them along to others from spirit? Now, you see, I answer yes, 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 obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a yes man um, (laughs) on all three of those because I believe that we are spirit in a human experience that we do uh, leave and seek out. Uh, uh, ways to communicate in order to help people
2: yeah I agree with you I also answer yes yes and yes but if you want to have a fight yes, but yeah but. then I can just answer no no and no
1: okay if you apparently want. people liked our fight from a couple weeks ago <laughs> uh, they, they thought we were going to like do a, a a major walk out on each other <laughs> no we do that no. afterwards we never have no. Um, so no 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 well you know Well, just from a materialist
2: perspective, right? Yeah. Like, let's invite the materialists into the conversation. And there are people
1: who believe that, that that this is it. We just come, we just, you know, die, and it's all over. And I just can't, I cannot believe um, the fact that we have consciousness at the level that we do that defies anything around that. It also defines just, just using physics law in this world that, that, you know, energy is neither created nor destroyed, but passed from one form to another. Sure.
2: But we've all had people in our lives and we've all had clients, right, who are, who just fundamentally believe that uh, that they're just here for the ride. And once they're gone, they're gone. They're done. They're done. Right? And so I think that that there's a fundamental difference in the way that people approach life if you if you see life as something that continues or consciousness is something that continues after your corporeal body has died right after you've moved on from your body then that gives that brings a different perspective to the way we live our lives oh, okay, yeah. you know than somebody who's just like nope game over not sure how long i'm here for but then i die go in the ground worms eat me that's I, it. I
1: don't know which one kills the fear though because i think that we we are such as i said death denying society that um, you know, there's so much fear around it. We don't even talk about the fact that we're all gonna die.
2: Yeah. I think I think I think if people thought about it, there might be some fear. But I think most people don't think about it.
1: Exactly. That's why right? we, we, yeah. we deny it. But if there's if there's this underlying fear for us, um, and there's, there's fear about mediumship big time. Mm-hmm. People are terrified. So, mm-hmm. so. Um, as long as that fear is there at any, any capacity, we're, we're going to be offsetting that, you know, because everything's this duality on this planet, you know, like we've got light and dark and heavy mm-hmm. and light and, you know, all those things. But if I, if I have a, an abundance of fear about something, then I have to have an abundance of defenses in order not to feel the fear. Right. All right? Right. So, like, for instance, if you, we go to an extreme, addictions is a way of not feeling that fear. Right. All right? Or feeling that shame or those kinds of things. Right. All right?
2: So, here's a question for okay. you. Okay. If you were sitting across the table from a true hardcore materialist. Yes. Right? Done it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not doing it now, really. I just want to, you know, meet a couple here. But, okay. So, if you were doing that and you had, like, in one sentence, you needed to convince them that there is something... That they, that they actually know that there's something beyond this realm, right? That they might be denying or they might not know of. What would you say? One sentence.
1: I don't think I could do it one sentence.
2: Two sentences. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what I would ask them a, a question back, and that is what role do they see as, as the evolution of consciousness then? In, in, the, in hmm. our role in evolution when it's not happening in other animals. Certainly that we're aware of. You know, I mean, dolphins might have passed, bypassed out so long time ago. We don't know that.
2: Oh, I would totally. Okay, so this is actually uh, a thing to legitimately argue about. Is actually consciousness is changing in animals, right? It is, and not to <clears throat> the
1: point of having that self awareness that that uh, uh, humans have.
2: Well, maybe it's a different kind happens. of self awareness, but they have all sorts of awareness around. Death and dying, and you know, elephants mourn their the death of their oh, I didn't family say members, and about that. you know, there's consciousness about that, about loss yep. of.
1: Oh no, of no, their, I know, I understand all of that. I'm, I guess, in, when in terms of consciousness, I'm talking about in terms of having consciousness of self, having in terms of consciousness of others. Um, are, are how do we impact other people? I think all of that plays into that evolution of consciousness. I don't think you know, the elephant goes, I wonder what impact I'm having on that person right now or on that elephant Of course right they now. do. They problem solve. They work together to
2: create all sorts of – to problem solve and to engage in collaborative well, behavior. Well, even if
1: the person's like really – like,
2: So they have to understand person. their impact of pulling the rope on you know the other elephant who's pulling the
1: rope. You know? well, that's pretty or they much come mundane together. compared to humans. We're not talking – I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about walking into a room and, and what how do I impact. An elephant can't do that. But there could be an elephant in the room though.
2: Okay, yeah. No, (laughs) I think animals can do that. And as a person who spends hours and hours and hours every day with animals
1: You should try um, with humans sometimes. I
2: yeah, exactly right. Like I think that (laughs) I think that I think this is the point precisely about our own evolution that we miss is that we miss an understanding that we are not the only conscious beings on the planet and that, you know, that there's many different kinds of consciousness.
0: Well, Many different kinds of about And to privilege
2: our own kind of, you know, consciousness, our human consciousness as being like the ultimate is I think like total human like it's total prioritization of the of the human experience. I think that's oh, old school I think that's old way thinking.
1: Okay, that's cool.
2: Right. I think right. that's precisely I the old way. Yeah, I think that's precisely what the evolution of human consciousness is all about, is by letting go of that kind of hierarchy that okay, we have. Okay,
1: so I haven't done that yet. Um, <laughs> well, but get on it, I dude. I hope that someday I will, I will evolve consciously. <laughs> Apparently, I'm not.
2: No, well, in that way. Like, uh, like, that's important, <laughs> right? Because it's um, about the networking of all human consciousness, or sorry, of all global consciousness, right? Well, that actually raises up human
1: consciousness. Well, it does. It right? does. I agree. I agree. But not mine, apparently.
2: You don't know, so whether it's... uh, Well, that's okay, because a couple weeks ago, you said I had no intuition. So
1: that's okay. So maybe I'm just getting you back. I see you're getting back. I mean, (laughs) without warning, I love this. Okay. Um, (laughs) Mm, Bite your tongue, Gord. Okay. (laughs) So uh, we have the evolving dogs and cats and kittens and, and, and elephants, which is wonderful. I don't know whether they are very good at mediumship, but... Our evolving consciousness is, is such that we're somehow being able to communicate, I think. You know, now, clearly, as you derailed me,
2: uh-huh.
1: uh, that was not two sentences.
2: No, it wasn't.
1: There was but, no way that I okay. could out. That's okay. <laughs> uh, you know, a long time ago... I, I mean, I used to, in the early, early uh, stages of my career, or of my life, uh, you know, argue with people that they're, you know, how could they not think that there was something after life? And, and you know, it didn't have mm. to be within a religious context, but within any context. And, and eventually, I just got to the point of, why am I doing this? Why bother? Because yeah. we're all going to find out. Yeah. You know, I'm going to find out either I'm right or wrong, you know? But, mm-hmm. you know, I, that's the way I look at it anyways,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because no one, no one, as I always say, no one gets out of life alive. Yep. <laughs>
2: I think, though, you know, like for me, what would I say to somebody as I'm thinking about this question? I think, I'll ask myself the question. Um, I think what, what I would care? say, what would I say? I would, yeah. I would just ask the person to close their eyes and actually come out of their brain for a second and just feel what it feels like to be conscious, right? Okay. And not in a meditative state, but in an yeah. actual kind of connective like state, a right? Sense. A felt sense of it. Yeah, and I really do believe that if you can go to that place, if you can go to that place, you will know that there's something beyond this because we're not delimited by our body. We are, those are not our limitations.
1: Are right? you going to be there arguing with them?
2: Um, no, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably <laughs> just leave when they close their eyes. I would just quietly float out of the room float on into little the bottom angel of my brain. My little angel Hi, it's a It's a
1: chance. <laughs> exactly right. You don't believe this crap, do you? <laughs> uh, well... Um, I think I think that's actually probably a really good point. Is that you know I think we all know it. I think I think there's a lot of people that are just afraid to admit it.
2: Yeah, I think that's where your fear comes. What if in, right? we're let
1: down? What yeah. if we're you know we're disappointed? What yeah. if it's not true? You know, then in which case yeah. you're not going to know anyways. Yeah, because but you mean, just said you can't know.
2: Yeah, but I think there's a lot of liberation in if for me anyway in recognizing that there's something that this isn't the whole show, right? Right. Uh, because it means that. It means that if you don't get it right this time around, that's okay. Like I think about people who are in relationships, right? And their relationship breaks up and then it's like, oh my God, you know, we had one chance to be together and we were supposed to be together in this lifetime. And Well, yeah, but maybe you're only just meant to come a little bit closer this time around. Right. Right? Right. And maybe in the next realm, you're meant to come even more closer. Or maybe you're meant to come apart. Exactly. Maybe what you experienced as closeness is actually about the coming apart process.
1: Maybe maybe you've already done the closeness, and so this is about you know yeah. being able to slowly pull apart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The, the one thing I do sometimes use though is that, um, uh, and I just used it the other day actually in a lecture that this is the only time in the history of the world that I will ever be Gord Rydell. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. And and so I think that adds something to it. Um, that, you know, you want to make something of that name or, or help or whatever it is that, you know, uh, Gord's goals are, um, you know, because this is, this is the only time. So that I can't use, well, if I don't get it right, I can come back and do it again.
2: Right, right. This is the only
1: time this way that right. I'm going to do it. This is the only time I'm going to have the impact of a grandmother that, that made it natural for me to do that, that. Right. You know, all of those kinds of things. Could that happen again? Of course it could happen again. Would it? Probably not.
2: No, that's because I'm going to come back as Gord Riddell.
1: <laughs> God bless you, <laughs> Next honey. Next time i right. baby. God that's what you. I'm okay. doing. Make a note to self.
2: Exactly. I think that there's something, too, here in this idea that time is linear, right? So in the West, yes. we think of time as being linear. So everything is urgent. It has to happen now. I better stack the deck for all these causalities to be put into place so that, you know, what I want to happen can actually happen, blah, 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 blah. Right. And if we think about it, as as many indigenous cultures think about it, as time is circular. As a cycle, it means that if things don't happen the way we want them to happen in this season, well, guess what? We always get another winter. Guess what? We always get another spring, right? Right. And so there's not that sense of of pressure and of inevitability that's attached to things, right? Well, I
1: think there's a collectiveness to their thought process, too. Yeah. That it's not I that have to do this. It's we have to do this. Yeah,
2: and, you know, in some indigenous language… back
1: out of that the we still carries on. Yeah, exactly.
2: You know, in some indigenous languages, they don't even have a word for I.
1: Yeah. The only
2: way that they describe an individual is through the name. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Interesting. I like that. I like that. Uh, I like that so far as I like that 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 we idea that there's like, we're wanting to make this happen and so as you know one drops out another one might come in but the we is always there it's always moving it forward
2: yeah for know? sure and it's
1: like like hopefully humanity might arrive eventually at a we which we're having a, lot, a great deal of difficulty with because there's too many eyes floating mm-hmm. around out there
2: well maybe mediumship allows for this though right because it allows for other voices to be heard and voices that are not perceived sort of in a rational way, right? Right. And so when you can embrace that or when you can accept that or when you can even open to the possibility of that, what other possibilities can you open to?
1: Well, exactly. Right? Exactly. Well, you know, the Canadian Prime Minister, uh, uh, Mackenzie King, Mm. uh, he, he was surrounded with mediums. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his mother, was talking to his, who had passed away, his, was always talking to him. And he took Canada, Canada through the war.
2: And didn't he talk to his dog?
1: He talked to his dog, apparently, yeah. or, or, and his mother. I talked to my dogs. Yeah?
2: The, I believe my it. dogs are all dead right now, but yeah. I talked to them, sure. They're yeah, not, they're, they're
1: all They're just, they're just in a different Physically dead. Form. They're physically. <laughs> we need to use that word. Eaten yeah. by worms. Yeah. they They've died. They um you know rather than they passed away, we really soften our language, not to have to say the dead word.
2: They went over the rainbow bridge.
1: Hey, you know, you should live downtown.
2: I like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Down in the village where yeah. they go over the rainbow a lot. Yeah. Um so that's how you get to work every morning. You're over the rainbow bridge. Um <laughs> anyways. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> um now there's, there's different kinds of mediumship, okay? So we have what you had said about being hearing another person's, you know, words and so on. And, and there's credibility to that because I think that when we're outside of the physical body, that, that makes a big difference. So that I think that those who are communicating with us in some way, you know, they're not in the physical body. And they can see outside of that time-space continuum that we're stuck in, hmm. and very limiting. And our emotions are very limiting. So that that whole thing of being able to hear may not be so far-fetched, uh, because I think that they might have some some level of um, you know sight that we just don't have.
2: Right, you know? right, right, right,
1: right. So, and speaking of sight and foresight, it is that time where we have to take a message. You're listening to Things Worth Considering here on Voice America, and we will be right back after the other side of these messages. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: It's easy to get to and harder to leave. Visit our website at transformationalarts.com or inquire at TAC at transformationalarts.com or call us toll free at 1-888-TAC-SELF. Transformational Arts, bringing body, mind, and spirit together. Tune in to The James Dentley Show and learn strategies for success in business and in life. Dr. James Dentley is a proven success coach who knows how to convert good into great. You'll find out from the achievers and leaders how they got to be the success stories that they are. And Dr. Dentley and his guests will give you the tools you need to follow in their footsteps. It's time to become the best version of you. Listen to The James Dentley Show, Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Empowerment. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and
1: network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, Back to things worth considering.
1: Welcome back to things worth considering, and today we are considering everything there is to know about mediumship, part two, um, which we call rare. Uh, so, where did we leave off? We we just started talking about uh, Claire audience. Hearing. Yeah,
2: we were talking about types of mediumship. Yeah. yeah. There
1: are people who will sure. actually, they will actually hear someone. Uh, now, I'm, I'm a bit pernickety as I really want people to use the language as to what they're really experiencing. Because sometimes it's impressed on our brain in such a way that it, it feels like we're hearing or it feels like we're seeing, but in fact we're not. You know, it's not using those senses in the right. same way. Yeah. So
2: can I ask you a question?
1: Are you going to um, divert me again?
2: No, well, yes and no. I hope not. Because I think this is. Hang relevant. in there, folks. Just okay. stay with us. Okay. So, <laughs> like, so clear audience. So, if I'm sitting there and I hear a voice in my head or from outside my head or whatever that says something like the baby's head is in the freezer, is that is that like clear audience? Like, does it have to have a voice that I don't recognize as my own? Or can it just be something like, you know, if you're – like, I write a lot, right? So, I I think a lot in words, right? Words happen in my mind all the time. And so, if I'm I'm speaking with somebody, words come into my mind – I don't necessarily think of that as clear audience. I think of that as just sort of a word play. so I might hear the word betrayal or unhappy or whatever, right? Yes. Is that an intuitive hit that comes around the relationship that I'm the the, you know, the dynamics I'm having with somebody I don't know, right but they're just words that show up. so that to me doesn't feel at all like clear audience but yeah, the baby's head that is missing <coughs> might is that clear audience? How do uh, I know the difference?
1: Well the the um, stupid question 101. No, I don't think it's a stupid question. The Claire audience piece is that it's a voice that isn't yours or someone that's really close to you that is still living, that, you know, your norm is to talk to yourself or to talk in voices. Other, okay. people, other people go through scenarios of seeing scenes, all right? That's right. not clairaudience. audience either you know it's like in other words what's our learning how do we learn and that is are we you know auditory right. are we visual uh, or are we sentient well this is exactly the same thing is is what is our our ability to interpret what's coming through okay so we're going to hear words that are disembodied they just aren't there they're not something you were expecting to hear and and it would be like uh, you know something whispered now on the other hand People who are suffering from psychosis also have that uh, right. experience. Uh-huh. All right, and it's very disturbing. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Exactly, yeah. exactly. If it's really disturbing for you, then it's probably not, you know, a clear. It's probably part of your brain that is giving you the, giving you those words.
2: So I guess that what I'm hearing you say is that you have to know. You have to, as the listener, as the embodied person, you have to, you have to know. Or be able to recognize what comes from you internally versus what is coming from you externally. Mm -hmm. And in some cases, you would be able to identify the speaker.
1: The external speaker. Well, exactly. And I talk about that a little bit later on here Mm -hmm. in terms of training to be a medium. And that is that whole area of discernment. And that is who's your sources? It's like a good reporter, you know, who are your sources that are feeding you stuff uh, for, for writing is the same way as when we're bringing in, you know, words or, or, or phrases or whatever, where are they coming from? What is their source?
2: Okay, got And on. I think
1: we need to know that. I think we need to know who, what is referred to as our teachers, our spirit teachers, our, our ancestors, whoever is, is guiding us in all of this process. And they are there, trust me. Right. Uh, no, don't trust me. That's a bad thing to say. They are there. <laughs> All right. You can I fight for yourself. You. Um, they, they, th- you'll, you'll get to feel their vibration. They, you okay. know, I do a couple of exercises of with people of having their teacher move in and then having the teacher move out and then move in to their vibration and move out of their vibration so that they can actually begin to feel what that is like. And then and it becomes a repetitive experience. Okay. Okay. So okay. so you would know you know when, you know, a certain certain teacher is, is moved into your energy because it will change your energy and perhaps how you stand, your your posture with some people even their speaking can okay. change. Okay. Their syntax. Or, okay, or I have
2: to noodle on all this. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll be up. I'm thinking.
2: There. I'm squinting my eye. You know that look? I'm squinting my eyes and thinking. Okay. Hmm. Okay.
1: Hmm. Got yeah. it. Yeah, I know that look. It's scary.
2: Processing. Processing.
1: Okay. So I'm going to carry on with yeah, your process, processing. Okay. Uh, then we also have clairaudience. All right. No, I'm sorry. Clair clairvoyance. Right. We've done clairaudience. Yeah, you just spoke to me. Uh, <laughs> clair clairvoyance is. Uh, is seeing something that uses the physical eye. All right. Now, there are times when uh, when b- b- we're communicating with with uh, spirit that it will come through. Number one, it comes through symbolically. Sim- symbolism is a huge, huge thing here um, that it may not be exact. And it requires a certain amount of work on the part of the medium to be able to, to know what those symbols mean. And certain teachers will have those symbols. You know, then in other words, the repetition of working with the same teacher will you'll get to know what the symbology is. And how that comes through that. Like symbols are the language of the universe. It starts, you know, with, with uh um you know the uh Egyptian hieroglyphics, and it's now when it seems to be emerging with emojis. Yes, <laughs> that exactly. is our new hieroglyphic. Um so there, there's a lot of non-literalness there. Mm-hmm. All right. So to literally Okay, for me to say there is somebody here, there is a man standing here, am I seeing that man with my eyes standing there beside you, or is it impressed on me in such a way that I can actually describe them, which is a common experience, and that's, that is not clairvoyance. that is sentient.
2: Okay, so... It's if, a felt sense. If I were to say, mm-hmm. so I have, I know of a person, I have a friend, who wherever she goes, Bunnies seem to follow her. Not real, actual bunnies, but if you see them, at a, you can see them out of the corner of, a, of, if other people see them too. It's not just
1: okay, me. That's cool. Right? I like bunnies.
2: Yeah, bunnies just follow her everywhere, right? So is that clairvoyance? If I, if you look, like, look exactly at where the bunnies are with they your eye, there. they're gone, right? right? But you see them out of the corner of your eye all the time.
1: Common experience as it dances in the peripheral. Yeah.
2: yeah. So is that clairvoyance? That's a clairvoyance. Okay, so, and then I would think that Claire, that the bunnies just sort of represent, especially if you know her, that represent abundance and sort of, like, she has lots of, like, happy creative energy. So, <laughs> that's kind of what I they feel. They create
1: quite rapidly, don't they? They do. Yeah. Um, and so, from that sim- symbolic point, yeah, they could re- represent any of those things. Okay. They're not, they're not exactly uh, harmful. You know, they don't yeah. carry, you know, horrible diseases or anything. They're like, oh, look at the bunny. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, that's a nice, warm, cuddly, soft... You know, simple to have.
2: Okay. And she doesn't see them. Interesting. Yeah.
1: Interesting. She but she knows them. that they're there.
2: Yeah, but enough people have told her that bunnies follow her everywhere, that she's that she's funny. Like, she'll walk and she say, like, don't step on the bunnies.
1: Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, okay. So do that's clear. Do you call her bunny yet? Is that her new No, but nickname?
2: I never thought of that. That's a great idea.
1: Well, I, I never know how some women wind up with the name bunny, but I thought this would be a perfect way for it. Yes. Let's name her. Or bunnies. Yeah. She'd <laughs> have to be plural. Bunnies. Bunnies. Okay. Okay, sure. So that that would be that would be. <laughs> sure. Now, see what happens is you know, you see it in the peripheral. This is a very common experience. You see something in the peripheral. The moment you turn to look with your physical eye, it's gone, because it's not your physical eye that's seeing it. Right,
2: right, right. right? right.
1: But then we want to immediately verify it with our with our regular sight. Okay. And that's when when it'll go. So if you're getting that, you have to be able to kind of chill into that and and uh, let mm-hmm. it go. The next one then is clairsentient. Mm-hmm. Right? And that is literally where you will have a felt sense about something. The, des- the description will be so accurate in terms of what you're getting from that felt sense that and, and in describing it, you would think the person is looking at it. But in fact, they're not. All right? So it's just about the languaging. You know, they, they, are they actually seeing this thing here or is it you know, in the peripheral? Um, or is it something they're describing because it's so impressed on their brain at that point? Okay, Okay. so... So they could, like, describe, like, you said a man there. So now they describe this man that's having white hair, he's got, he's quite gray, he's tallish, I get a sense that he's, like, 180 pounds, da-da-da. But all of that is being impressed upon. So you feel that
2: the person's there.
1: You feel that person who's there.
2: Okay, so is that... So how is that different between being with somebody or around in a crowd or something like that and getting a creepy feeling or getting a good feeling? You know how sometimes people one walk in the room? One has
1: a body room? and one doesn't have a body.
2: Okay. But you know how when somebody walks in the room and you just automatically feel like you've known them forever or you, or you or just you have you a good vibe? Or you want to get vibe, out. Or you want to get out, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Or like, you know, you, you know, when you go house hunting yeah. or something, you walk into a house and you're like, could look beautiful. The house could be like perfect. In so many aesthetic ways, but yep. you're just like,
1: yikes. Yep. That's, right? all, that's all the clairsentient piece. Okay. Yeah. Now, that ties into another, another thing called psychometry. Mm. Okay. And psychometry is being able to read the vibration that's left in the physical, on physical objects. So that's the walking into the house piece. Uh, 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 there are mediums who will work and they will say, okay, give me your ring or your watch, as long as you are the only person who wears it. And they'll mm. be able to read the energy from that. And that's, a, that's a, actually a common training way of working with people, uh, using uh, pictures, uh-huh. using uh, uh, people's jewelry, all right, uh, that, that they have with them all the time, then that can really help to, to train that mediumship.
2: Okay, and that's called Psychometry
1: the psychometry
2: okay so I just want to make a distinction between psychometrics because yes, if you come yes. from a psych background or anything right or if yeah. you're one of my sociology students then you'll know psychometrics are actual measures of values and skills and abilities and stuff that are well, this is reading
1: the values yeah. and skills that's stuck on your jewelry <laughs> yeah
2: yeah yeah okay okay I no, just don't want right, anybody right, on, on their yeah. methods test to put psychometry yeah,
1: no, <laughs> or
2: they'll get zero
1: you listened to that show didn't you <laughs> um, yeah oh, no, maybe that's they'll that's
2: get a bonus mark <laughs>
1: that's very very different okay, okay. psychometry but the, you're doing psychometry or clairsentient when you walk into an environment that makes you feel happy or makes you feel creepy
2: okay that's like so like i'm looking for a new dog right now right so i'm on all the rescue sites and i look at them and they get cute and oh yeah they're cute and they're cute but i'm looking for the one that i'm gonna look at and go oh my god there she is yes because i just know in my body right it's like oh
1: <gasps> there are people doing that that's my new baby spouses like that ew on the internet
2: yeah mm-hmm. okay
1: Going through pictures till they find the one that goes, "Oh my God, that's it."
2: That's kind of true, isn't it? Yeah, that's it is a
1: little bit. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that those are your big ones. Okay. Now, there's another even bigger one, as far as I'm concerned, and that's the healing mediumship. Um, the uh, uh, People who who do healing, who commit themselves to moving energy, you know, through through their body, universal energy, and and helping other people, you know, balance out and so on. Um, that really is a beautiful form of mediumship, actually. Hmm. Uh, you know, we've had that our healing our healing circles here at the school on uh, on Fridays or every other Friday, and uh, you know, it really it's just an amazing. You've been to them, the just a oh, yeah. great feeling. They're great. You know, of, um, you know, it kind of builds that energy through the meditation, and then the people who are actually doing the laying on of hands with people. Um, so I think that sometimes. Um, you know, I, I, think that we can get a little confused when we do that kind of energy work because, um, you know, it's, it's not about us curing people when we give energy. It's, it's about the person who can receive the energy, how they can best use it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's what's, uh, that's what's most important. Um, because if someone is passing on to the next life, then they're not going to get cured or better because you gave them energy, and that doesn't make you a bad healer because they passed away. Right. That has nothing to do with you. Right. When we give people energy, it's because we want their higher self to be able to take that energy and use it in the best way possible.
2: Yeah, and maybe the them. way they use it is to accept the transition.
1: Oh, uh, right? absolutely. Right. To it can embrace make a the Huge difference to people if yeah. they're anxious or they're if they're in pain or whatever. Uh, they they can just you know uh, allow them to lift out of their bodies much much more. Gently, yeah. You know? um, but we, we get caught up in this whole thing of curing, uh, making them better. Um, whereas, you know, what certainly we want to put out there is, is that the energy is for the person to be able to use.
2: Right, of course. It's to As their best. Secret?
1: Yeah. Yeah, to their best benefit. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're a bad healer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sitting here, I'm still noodling away on these types of mediumship. And yeah. I come back to this idea that If I were a neuroscientist, perhaps I would want to explain things like clairaudience, clairvoyance, clairsentience, that kind of thing, as being a form of synesthesia. So, the collapsing of neural pathways from, you know, that stimulus comes in through. So, you know, somebody who uh, has synesthesia will see colors that relate to sounds right So yes. music yes. has a certain color to it yep. or sometimes I've heard Stevie to talk about that
1: actually. yeah
2: yep. a lot of people yeah, yeah, have yeah. this right Like uh, taste will have a particular sound to it or a particular kind of feeling that comes with it right yes. And that's not around like emotional eating or anything I mean, that is a whole different thing but or people who are great with numbers will see prime numbers in a particular color. Right, That kind of thing. So there's a collapsing of the neural networks.
1: Right, right. And so
2: it makes me think or makes me wonder then to what extent, like, is there a correlation between synesthesia and these types of mediumship?
1: Well, I don't think that it's been studied at all uh, in terms of being able to have someone go into a mediumship position, you know, like where they're open and receiving and then, you know, have some of the, the testing done um so i'm not even sure that's answerable because there is no background
2: i know right but isn't now. it worth considering
1: it's worth considering but it's such a, it's a small population group that that neuroscience would be looking at you know the one the one area where they have done stuff is with with uh, like monks um yeah, yeah. Uh, or, or or you know professed religious that do long long periods of meditation or prayer
2: but they would not they're meditating they're not
1: that's, mediums, right. Right. That's right. Right. So we, at least we've learned somewhat about yeah. what happens to the brain and during those periods, especially with with monks uh, in in uh, Tibet and so on. But uh, here we just haven't spent a whole lot of money, and, you're, and I don't see any possibility of getting money to do that kind of research. I'm going to dig around because uh, you know it comes down to there has to be a belief on the part of the neuroscientists that they really are mediums. So they they're more likely to be testing for mediumship than they are for testing. Uh, for, for any collapse of any neural pathways. And speaking of collapsing on a neural pathway, we're going to collapse our neural pathway for a moment. Okay. And we're going to take a break. Uh, we're here on Voice America. This is Gordon Dell and Dr. Jan Hill. We will be right back with more things for you to consider.
0: Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Imagine a place where ancient wisdom and modern research combine to create a non judgmental, dynamic educational environment. We believe learning is much more than just theories, it is the application of those theories that anchor your learning deep inside yourself. Now there's a program that showcases support resources, how many people in our society view mental illness and how the culture surrounding it is changing. Listen for We Are Hope with co-founder and host Sean Perry. Mental health is being seen as a public health crisis and we want to help, support and listen. You'll hear the discussions and conversations that need to happen. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific on Voice America Empowerment.
1: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
0: You are listening to Things Worth Considering with Gord Vidal and Dr. Jan Hill. We'd love to hear from you via email to info at spiritgrows.ca. That's info at spiritgrows.ca. Now, back to Things Worth Considering.
1: Hi, we're back once again to Things Worth Considering, and we're asking you to consider some ideas around mediumship, and we're calling it medium rare. Um, On top of the things that we've already talked about today, we also have inspirational speaking. Oh. Um, When you watch someone who's speaking who just – you'll almost – You know, be able to discern the shift in energy, and they'll probably get faster and you know, sentences, and they'll go off on a tangent often. Um, And it's just this really good information sometimes that often comes through. Um, Easily interrupted when someone puts up their hand and goes, excuse me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It can just break the whole thing off, unfortunately. Uh, Automatic writing. That's been around for a long, long time of just you know picking up a pen uh, uh, or picking up from your non-dominant hand. So if you're right-handed, do it with the left hand, and just see what uh, what happens with that. Uh, again, the biggest part of us that gets in the way here is our editing it.
2: Yeah, I think it's the we ego edit. piece, right? It's yes. always evaluating: is this good enough? Is this Did good I enough? do this right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Right. Uh, drawing art. Uh, those things and and mm-hmm. spirit photography. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a number of photographs. I probably all have where you see something in the background and it's like, what? Yeah. Uh, you know what is that? And it's um kind it of be kind of interesting. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's been sort of pooped upon at various times throughout the world at various times in history. Um, but I think that it's sort of really quite quite alive and well and, and worthy of consideration uh, in in today's world. So how do you how do you go about Developing mediumship abilities. Well, number one, you have to accept the fact that you have those abilities. Mm-hmm. These aren't a gift. Someone yeah. didn't hand it out. Uh, it's not going to come at Christmas. Um, you have to also have, be committed uh, in terms of uh, uh, unfolding them. Um, you know, if you think of unfolding, you think of like, you know, it's sitting inside of this box and you just open this one layer and one layer and then another layer and another layer. And you keep going deeper and deeper with it. Not dissimilar to our arrival of the onion people right it's about layers
2: right 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 right. and so we
1: have those layers of of uh of depth in our ability to be able to you know contact from the psychic to move into mediumship of of the disembodied um then we want to be committed you know
2: yeah so this makes me think too it's about you know we spend a big chunk of our life in our earliest years learning 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 how to how to like we're socialized, right? How to fit in, what to say, what to do, blah, blah, blah. And then when we get to this part of our life, if you didn't have the great experience of being able to sort of accept this mm-hmm. as who you are, mm-hmm. if you if, if it was learned out of you, then the piece that we have to do is is unlearn. Yes. Right. And so it's as you're talking about Opening up the box. Yeah. It's every time you open something or every time you peel back the layer of the onion, it's you've just unlearned something.
1: Yes. Yeah. You you have to unlearn, you know, whether it was the, the, uh, you know, your religion, the the religiosity, the being taught that this was wrong or this was, you know, evil even. Uh, What it means to
2: be human or even, you know, what it is that your own limiting beliefs are around your abilities and your skills.
1: And your humanness.
2: Right, exactly.
1: You know, uh, all of those things we've learned and all of those things severely influence us in everything about our lives. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this whole show is about connecting to ourselves in a way that changes all of that, that says, hey, take a serious look here because this is worth considering because mm-hmm. it really does change our lives when we can let go of the how debilitating it was for our parents right, and their right, beliefs, right. which was our grandparents' beliefs.
2: Yeah. Well, we never get to live in the world that we have in our minds to create.
1: No. Right? No, That's because no, time is slow. Social change is slow. Right. <laughs> Says the sociologist yes, in the room. Yes, yes. Um, well, it takes some time, they, you know. The, the ox educator. is slow,
2: but the earth is patient.
1: Oh, yes, right. Right? Oh, the educators say those things. Um, <laughs> so you want to, um, uh, with your spiritual practices also, if you're you're working with teachers, stick to the same time and place, if at all possible. All right. Uh, your confirmation of that is just like a confirmation to them that you're serious and that you're, you're ready to, uh, to move forward on this. Um, you know, As I said, you think of yourself as many layers, and opening that up, it's unlearning. I think that's a really, really good point that Jen just made, uh, is, is our unlearning in order for us to be able to make. Now, you know, I think it's important to get a mentor. I think that someone who helps us to open up, who can see what we're experiencing or feel what we're experiencing. Um, mm. do, doing this by yourself is not going to work. You know? I think it'll be hard. It's, it's, really, it's really hard to give yourself a message. I want to come to <laughs> you, please. Uh, <laughs> you know, do you nope. mean me? <laughs> note um, to self. N- note to self. Stop doing that in the <laughs> mirror. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you can get a mentor, I think it's important. Um, you also have to be willing to risk, and you have to be willing to risk being wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, that's that really pushes us, because what do you mean being wrong? Well, perhaps how you're interpreting information may not be just exactly the way it needs to be at first. And so the way that we risk is that we say, you know, look, I'm sort of feeling that you're like being a real bitch right now. Right. And then so you can say, well, just a little when I first started this class. Um, right. right, right, right. You know, whatever. But, but um, you have to risk going, I'm offended that you even said that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, uh, people don't want to own that one.
2: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: So that's, that's what I mean by if you're picking up something on somebody and you give it to them. You have to risk that they're going to say, I have no idea what you're talking about.
2: Right, 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 right.
1: Okay, so what aren't you interpreting? This is in a learner's position. You know? Right. So that risk, that risk stops people, okay? You have to, to do, I just mentioned it earlier, develop discernment with people, okay? And, and, and that is, where is this, where, what is your source, all right? It's no different than a reporter being asked, who are your sources in this story? Right. Where did it come from? Where are you getting this information in that you're giving to me right now? What's your source?
2: What if you don't know?
1: Well, and there's a good probability that, that maybe you don't, but it's what I'm talking about, the familiarity of, of the teacher energy that comes in. Because, right. you know, there's different ways it can be set up. It comes through the teacher or it's called like the gatekeeper who kind of makes sure who comes too close to our energies. You know, mm-hmm. and It'll come through the teacher or the teacher is there that allows these these uh, people like someone's mother, someone's father to come in, they're not coming in all by themselves. They're being helped in mm. by one of our teachers. Because remember what I talked about, their vibrational rate has to drop low enough in order to match ours, which has to go up high enough. So they have to meet our our highest high and we have to meet their lowest low.
2: Okay, got it. Got it? Yeah.
1: Because, because we're living in very, very different vibrational rates. That's why we're physical. That's why they're not.
2: Okay, suddenly I'm just overwhelmed with a sense of loneliness. Do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of feel like, wow, there's this whole other thing that I just don't have access to.
1: Well, that's true. It doesn't make you lonely, though. It makes me lonely. Don't be lonely. You're well, alone, but don't be lonely.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it's like, Huh?
1: It's a vibratory. It's all vibratory. yeah, you know, and that's and that's why it makes so much sense we We are energy, and why can't I just talk to my mother right away? Well, you can't talk to your mother right away because your mother has to learn how to change her energy just like she did when she phoned you at college. Yeah. she'd have to shift into something different to be able to hear what you're saying to her right, uh, right, right same thing, all right in insofar as she has to shift her energy in order to come to lower it enough to meet my highest attempted at energy, okay. Huh. And that's what we're—that's really what we're learning when we're being trained in mediumship. Is how do I bring my vibration up? And we talk about that in the world. Our world needs more of a higher vibratory rate mm-hmm. because we're vibrating pretty low on the cylinders right mm-hmm, now. And for we're, sure, and you can see the caca that comes out of that. Lots of caca. Too much, too much. I don't have enough. rivers of I'm kaka. out of shovels. I'm yeah. out of shovels. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. Willing, I think, to sit in meditation. It should be almost weekly. And ideally with a small group that is always the same people mm-hmm. and that gives familiarity. It also creates a strong um, pulsing, you know, sort of a vibratory place that will attract uh, our, our, you know, uh, teachers, our ancestors or whatever that the vibrations there to an elevated by all of us to, for them to be able to try and, and hook up with us right? as well. Because if it's, if it's an open circle It's, you don't know who's coming in and you're going to, you're going to a very vulnerable level of energy work. And I don't, I don't agree with that. You know, I don't like doing open circles like that. The healing circle is very different right okay but when we're actually each person is going to try and open up and receive information then i think there needs to be the continuity there has to be a facilitator who can be you know keep an eye on everybody and bring that vibration level up
2: so what happens if you are in a circle and you are opening and you're inviting energies in and you have energies that come in that you don't like
1: well you will you'll learn how to resist those how to push them back and that's why you want to have a mentor there Okay. who can work immediately with that energy. Or if all of a sudden your, your, your Kundalini opens up and goes shooting straight up your spine and you're like feeling ill, that can happen as well, mm-hmm. you know, where your energy goes too high too fast. So you want someone who can work with your energy in the physical here to be able to bring it down, but also to repel it. You know, there are some people who have a natural tendency to go into, a, into channeling, Now, we didn't really talk that much about it, but that's a a form of channeling, a form of energy mediumship where you kind of stand aside and you let the energy come in of this entity to talk through you. You know, right, uh, And I think I, I, I think I talked about that once of, you know, this really heavy man's voice coming through this little lady, and it just scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Right? Spirit isn't there to scare us. They won't talk to us. They will not initiate with us in, in this kind of way that we're talking about if they think it's going to scare the hell out of us. Okay. All right. They're not, they're, they want to communicate with us. They don't want to see us running, screaming off into the corner all right so you know that has to be really taken into consideration here okay and the fact that some people have this propensity to like go under as they call it or go into a trance uh is you know my 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 belief is is like learn to be a medium first and then you can do the trans mediumship that's that's really advanced stuff Mm -hmm. i don't like the idea of someone kind of standing aside in their body and letting someone else take it over Right. right, But it can happen, and then it has to be worked with in such a way that uh, sets up some sort of a negotiated settlement that they're going to share or who's going to be present. You know, Ideally, you can be hooked up, you can be doing conscious channeling, and that is my eyes are open, I'm speaking, I'm looking around, I can see you very easily, but the flow of information is purely coming from Spirit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So they're, they're, I'm not giving them control of everything. I'm, I'm watching around and everything, and I can interrupt it at any moment. So can a student when they go, excuse me, sir. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you <laughs> writing on the board? What is that?
2: What is that?
1: You know, you've talked about something like that before, but I don't understand. Um, so um, if you're using tools like runes and tarot and so on, you know, it's really important to know that is not your abilities, your abilities is clairvoyance, clairaudience, it's, you know, those are tools to to help you attain those abilities or to access those abilities. So, because what happens is, as, as with anything, as uh, you get good with them, you become reliant upon them. Right. You know, and right. so the only way you could possibly ever do a reading, where well, you have to do a spread first. Right. Eventually, it's like, no, give me the cards. A good teacher will say, give me the cards. Now do the
2: reading. Yeah, so I went yeah. to see a tarot reader once years ago. Uh, actually, then we became pretty good friends. But what, what he says he does is he still uses the tarot cards sure. just to distract the people that are sitting there. Because if he were actually just to do his mediumship, people would be like, well, how do you know that? How do you know that? And he's like, oh, well, you know, that's what the cards say, <laughs> right?
1: Exactly. So he
2: uses it for to make other people comfortable.
1: Yes. I talked about it with Tiffany, actually. As my grandmother used playing cards. Oh, cool. Yeah, like, cool. The, you know, Queen of Hearts and the King, you know, and I'm like, how do you do that, yeah. you know, as opposed to tarot cards? That's very common. That yeah, lots and yeah, lots yeah. of people know how to do that, too. Um, so, you know, it's um, uh, you want to be careful, though, if you're getting a reading or if you're learning to be a medium, begin to trust what you're getting. Don't keep asking questions because that's a sure way to bypass your reading. You know, you know, a fast example would be, uh, I've got a woman standing here with you. Uh, would this be your mother? What? Would this be your mother? And you go, well, yes. Okay, so now I know, now I'm with your mother. Your mother's coming through with a whole lot of love here for you and she's telling me that you're really uh, uh, not taking good care of yourself. And, goes, and you go, yeah, 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 I'm not. And then she's, uh, she wants you to know that everything's gonna work out okay. And she, she just has lots of love. And you feel like, oh my God, that's that's like that's, that's fantastic there's a good possibility just given the fact that you gave answers in such a way that the medium using a very deductive way, who's, who's good, will just simply read it and just, right. and just, you're, you're going home with it. She didn't read anything. Now, that's not to say the questions don't happen sometimes we have to ask questions in order to, you know, bring it all in together. Uh, because if there's too many people, especially if you're doing a public demonstration or anything in you know, it with an audience, but when, when you're doing one-on-one with somebody, there shouldn't be a whole lot of questions. Because they're not having to separate you.
2: Got it. Okay. So the question process is what happens when you're with a group of people. Basically.
1: It can. It, it can. can. Okay. You know. I mean, I'm certainly not saying that. You know, that people who ask questions are frauds. I'm not saying that at all. But again, it can give you. It's like the tarot cards. You know, you don't have anything to play with in front of an audience. Okay? Right. So uh, you know, asking questions then becomes their habit, and and if they're lacking confidence or whatever. It becomes much more difficult.
2: Got it. You know? Yeah, So yeah. just,
1: you know, being aware of that, of 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 even yourself, if you're not trusting your learning, you know, and you're not trusting it, it's very easy to say, would this be your mother? Would this be your father? You know? Unfortunately, I don't have any more questions because they're questioning me at the end of the show. <gasps> yes, that flew by uh, mediumship is like that. Um, <laughs> it's <laughs> so in the
2: quantum realm.
1: It is. It is. So here we are, uh, coming up to the end of another show of uh, things worth considering. We hope we gave you some great things that are worth considering. And uh, check us out. You can reach us at uh, info at and of course at Transformational Arts College in Toronto, uh, transformationalarts.com, uh, or you can give us a call. We even have a toll-free number at one eight eight. One eight eight eight, tac self um, So any of those and find out more about us online. And we look forward to uh, seeing you next week. And we'll be back here with things worth considering. Gord,
2: I'm getting a message.
1: You're, oh, my God. I'm getting
2: what, a message. What is it? And the what message is, is, oh, we'll be back next week.
1: Okay. Ah! <laughs> Thank you for your message. Uh, let me move on to the next person now. Uh, <laughs> have a great week, folks. Thanks, Jan.
2: Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for tuning into Things Worth Considering. Please join your hosts, Dr. Jan Hill and Gord Riddell, for another edition next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, think about the connections in your life and how they define who you are.